This episode of Your Catholic Life is brought to you by Iowa Catholic Radio, connecting listeners with Christ, iowacatholicradio.com, and everywhere you are on the free Iowa Catholic Radio app. Welcome in, everyone, to Your Catholic Life, a podcast for Catholics by Catholics, helping you grow in your faith. I'm John Leonetti, your host. The roots of Christmas and Easter today more than ever before are being undermined. Many propelling the myths that there is a connection between the pagans, even some going as far as to say that it's precisely from the pagans that we got these holy days. Is it true? Well, you know where I stand, but I'm not intelligent enough to make the case on this show. My guest today, however, is author of The Real Story of Catholic History, answering 20 centuries of anti-Catholic myths. Here is my conversation with Steve Weidenkopf. Hello, Steve. Hi, good morning, John. How are you? I'm doing just fine. I'm excited about this. I've been able to kind of thumb through your book a little bit. Haven't read the whole thing. Very interesting, though. And I, I love how you dispel a lot of these myths let's just start with christmas we'll go to easter but i want to start with christmas because now more than ever there are many skeptics and people that are kind of sowing doubts of confusion as you rightly point to uh on christmas and the origins of it many saying that we adopted it from the pagans yeah that's uh unfortunately it's a common myth that uh exists in the world today and, and unfortunately even some catholics you know kind of believe this or think that there's some plausibility to it and it really kind of comes down to the fact that uh, most of the people who who uh, you know ascribe this particular myth or subscribe to it rather they they think that the, there were two different Roman uh, feasts that were celebrated in the, in the pagan world uh, the feast of Saturnalia which was an agricultural Roman feast that occurred in the month of December um, that somehow the Christians took that particular feast or the date of that feast that was celebrated and then uh, decided that's when you know Jesus was born and so that's when we're going to celebrate uh, Christmas. When you look at Saturnalia, though, and you kind of pull the historical thread on that a little bit, you see that Saturnalia had no set date, actually. There were multiple different days within December that it was celebrated, and sometimes it was actually celebrated for multiple days. It was a multi-day feast, not just one particular feast. Um, so it's pretty easy to kind of refute that particular myth. You know, if, if there was no consistent date for that celebration, then, you know, why did the Christians, you know, for example, pick December 25th, if that, you know, of the num- number of days that may have been celebrated for Saturnalia, and then there was another pagan feast called Sol Invictus, where uh, that's the feast of the unconquered sun. So there was one Roman pagan cult that was focused on the sun itself and worshiping the sun. And there's some thought that that, that date was actually the date of that unconquered sun, the celebration of it occurred on December 25th. Hmm. But there's really no good documentary evidence for that. I mean, there's really the only documentary evidence that exists for that particular date um, of the celebration of Sol Invictus on December 25th is a Christian document, frankly, from the 4th century, that says not only that was Sol Invictus mentions it being celebrated on December 25th, but it also has on December 25th in this document, there's a calendar, it has listed Christmas, or the date when Christians celebrated the Nativity. So that also is kind of historically suspect in terms of, of uh, you know, the date the Christians picked for, for, for Christmas. But there actually is a good um, understanding of why that December 25th was specifically chosen. Had had nothing to do with pagan festivals or pagan feasts, but had everything to do with an, an understanding, actually, if you have to go back a couple of months, to March 25th. Hmm. Right Now, we all know as, as Catholics that March 25th is the Feast of the Annunciation. And so nine months from, obviously, March to is December 25th, so you know there would be the Nativity. 
But that's nice and, and kind of convenient, but there's also even more, something more theologically rich behind March 25th and its linkage to December 25th than just that. March 25th in the Jewish tradition was actually the date that the Jews um, ascribed to when God created the world, when light came in, when he created light and began the process of creation. Also, March 25th in the Jewish tradition was the date traditionally given to when uh, Abraham went to sacrifice Isaac on Mount Moriah. And if we know the story of, of, uh, of you know, Isaac and Abraham from Genesis, we know that when Isaac went, was carrying the wood up Mount Moriah, he turns to his dad and asks Abraham, well, where's the lamb for sacrifice? And Abraham says, well, you know, God will provide us a lamb. So when they go up to the mountain, you know, Abraham's going to sacrifice Isaac, the angel comes and, you know, stays his hand. Then an animal does appear in the bushes for Abraham to offer a sacrifice, but the animal that appeared was a ram and not a lamb, understanding that that lamb that God would provide would be a future uh, presentation or a future representation, and that obviously is Christ, right? We know that Christ is the Lamb of God who was sacrificed to take away our sins, also that he is the light of the world. So Christians, early Christians, had a great understanding, obviously, of the importance of March 25th and its its, uh, linkage to Christ. Therefore, it made complete sense to them theologically uh, to then link that March 25th, nine months later, uh, to Christmas, and so that's when Christmas was celebrated and why that specific date was chosen. It had nothing to do with pagan cults or mysteries. Are you taking notes, friends? I hope so. Otherwise, you're going to have to listen to this over and over again. I probably will, too. Um, you're making my job easy, by the way. My guest today uh, is an expert, a uh, lecturer of church history at Notre Dame Graduate School, Steve Weidenkopf, dispelling some of those myths around Christmas and Easter, the pagan origins uh, that many say uh, they're coming from. Uh, the Bible, or Bible experts, uh, go on these shows and we'll, we'll really kind of sow these seeds of confusion and doubt in people. What, what is it and how is it that we should look at a Bible expert with trust? Yeah, well, you know, it, it depends on, this is a good question. I mean, it really, you're going to have to look at, at who the particular exegete is. I mean, are they someone who, you know, what's their training? What's their, their own, uh, religious background? Are they upfront about that? Um, you know, and, and how are they interpreting the Scripture? I mean, how are they presenting the Scripture? Are they presenting it as the Word of God, as the divinely revealed, authoritative source of, of God's divine revelation? Are they treating it just as one book among many? Um, you know, there's many different ways in which we can look at the Scriptures, many different ways in which scholars um, review Scripture, so to speak, or, or, or study it is a better word, I guess. Um, and so, you know, there's there's certain methods that they employ, historical critical method, other methods that, that have come into um, there's some controversy among scholars over it. So, you know, whenever you have someone that, that's presenting, you know, anything about the Scripture or anything about theology, frankly, or even church history, I mean, it's always good to know where what their background is. Uh, are they upfront about their background? Are they upfront about their own religious, you know, convictions? And then, you know, what are they saying? And are, is what they're saying, is it in conformity with what the Church teaches? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it's not then that's probably someone you should not listen to. Okay, I like that. Simple enough. Uh, Steve Weidenkopf, my guest. All right, you teach classes and courses on this stuff. You've got two and a half minutes left. Can you give me Easter? Yeah, sure. Easter, you know, a lot of people think the same thing about Easter with Christmas, that it was a pagan myth or rooted in pagan myth. And and a lot of that actually has to come down to this this understanding that that somehow Christians co-opted this Anglo-Saxon uh, spring goddess whose name was Estramurth. And... When you look at the word in Old English, um, Estramurth, and you look at, at Easter, they seem very, very similar, right? So people make this connection, oh, well, because the words are similar, then obviously the Christians adopted this Anglo-Saxon practice. 
But when, but that only applies and only really kind of makes somewhat logical sense in English because you look at other languages, especially the Romance languages, you know, Spanish, French, others. The word for Easter is not Easter in those languages. It's, it's based on the Hebrew word posh, right? Which is for the Passover. So that's, so that linkage there linguistically doesn't make sense in other languages. So, um, that kind of is an easy way in which to, to ignore or to, uh, uh, you know, refute that objection that somehow Easter is linked to a, a pagan goddess. Rather, you can look at the fact that Easter, there's great, uh, numerous historical documents from the early church, even non-Christian sources that point to the fact that Christians celebrated Easter, um, before they even knew about this Anglo-Saxon pagan goddess of the 6th century. Um, there was even a huge controversy in Rome in the early 2nd century, mid-2nd century, rather, about the dating of Easter and when the celebration of Easter should actually happen on the liturgical calendar. So there's absolutely zero historical um, reliability for any kind of notion that Easter or Christmas are were taken from pagan uh, festivals or holidays. You did it. Shop.catholic.com, friends, is where you can get the book, The Real Story of Catholic History, answering 20 centuries of any Catholic myths. Steve Weidenkopf, thank you, man. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks, John. Appreciate it. Have a great day. So there you have it, friends. Got to be careful where we get our information. But there are so many good Catholic resources and organizations like never before that I trust to help us debunk these myths and give us the truth of Catholicism. Go there. Plug in there, friends. Steve's book is one of those resources. Big thanks to Steve Weidenkopf, my guest today. Friends, make sure to share this and other episodes of Your Catholic Life on Facebook and Twitter. Inviting your friends to take part in the show, visit our website, yourcatholiclifepodcast.com as well. I'm John Linetti signing off here on Your Catholic Life. Remember, the only way to happiness is by holiness. Be confident in Christ's mercy and his love today.